are now listening to Burgundy Blogcast, the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. Burgundy Blog! On the Redskins for the truth. Welcome in to a Burgundy Blogcast that has paralleled the Redskins season <laughs> as we have been, been frustratingly tried to record this for the third time. That is Brent, the man behind Burgundy Blog and Burgundy Blogcast. I am merely Hayes, and I'm just hoping we can get through this just like the Redskins season. Can we come up with one word to describe either this this uh, attempted blogcast or the Redskins 20-15 to win today over the Kansas City no, it wasn't the Kansas City Chiefs. It was some team in red and beers and Cardinals. <laughs> that's, that's where we're at at this point. But we know it was a 2015 win. That's probably all that matters. What's the one word to describe it, Brent? If I, if I do this, if I give you a word, Hayes, are you going to feign surprise and spontaneity? Absolutely. Absolutely. I will. I'll my, pretend. Well, uh, I, thought, I thought maybe you would come up with a new word. But no, I'll, I'll pretend like I've never heard no, of it. No, I really liked my first one. <laughs> uh, uh, my word for this game is a noun. And uh, I think this game was a tourniquet. A tourniquet. Now, I'm not a doctor like you, but I believe that's something that stops the bleeding. Is that right, Brent? That's exactly right. And uh, why don't you? Uh, well, uh, before all right, hold on. before we get into this game specifically, uh, I want to talk about your mindset. Sometimes we ask you to play analyst. Sometimes you play the fan. I'm going to ask you to play fan role right now and say, well, like, what was your mindset in watching a game where you know you're totally out of the playoffs and there's really not much to play for? Are you cheering for draft stock? Are you cheering, you know, for like, do you have a desired outcome for the front office and you want to root for the thing to happen on the field that you think will best bring that outcome? Um, what, what, what was your mindset as a fan watching a um, somewhat meaningless game like this? That's a good question, Hayes. And I really enjoyed it the first two times you asked it of me. So I'm going to indulge you again. Um, I'm sure your answer won't be as good because it was I, great. The it, first time. I, it, was, it just really felt natural originally, but um, you know, so so it's a, it's an important topic. Okay, here we are. It's December. The Redskins are uh, mathematically eliminated, and yep. and the question is, well, what what will what really will benefit this team, uh, short term, medium term, long term? And so um, I, I'm definitely the sort that um, thinks that there is a time and a, a scenario in which basically wins are um, meaningless and potentially even counterproductive. And there have been yep. seasons in the past where I have actively Rooted, yes, rooted for the Redskins to lose. Climb up um, that draft board, get yeah, that QB. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I think that uh, sometimes that feels right. And for me personally, though, this season is not one of those years. I, I'm I'm a guy, as we've uh, established over the course of the season, who tends to think that that Gruden is is good enough or um, looks to be, hopefully, probably good enough that I'm interested in, in him sticking around. And furthermore, I'm a guy who thinks that Kirk Cousins. Uh, even though it's starting to look a little bit more bleak for his future in Burgundy and Gold, um, is a good player who I'd personally like to keep around. And so, in in you know my I guess rooting interests at this point are for things that are more likely to keep um, not not like necessarily everything status quo because the Redskins are a flawed franchise. But right. I'm not really ready for uh, the, the the nuclear option. Um, and I think that there there were coming into the final three games of the season scenarios in which that might actually be legitimately on the table. So 
Um, that's a long, random, uh, 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 rambling way of, of um, explaining why I was hoping, indeed, for the Redskins to win. And I'm glad that they won. Now, they did not necessarily win in convincing fashion, and they weren't even particularly good today. They beat a bad team uh, just barely. Um, but I'm, you know, that, that was what I wanted. I wanted for them to stop the bleeding. I wanted for this not to spiral into another uh, December of, of agony like we've seen so many of in the past. And so, uh, you know, um, one way or another, they were able to just barely get it done. And um, so uh, to me, that's better than, than them having uh, suffered a third straight embarrassing loss um, because right now we'd be talking about, well, uh, who's the next coach? Who do we want? Which yep. which hotshot college dude are we? You know, are we trying to poach? Yep. So, um, I wasn't really ready for that, and I think that if it hadn't been for the many injuries that we've already lamented uh, this year, um, that that you know the Redskins could have had a decent showing, and and they they could have put forth the sort of season that we would have liked to like for them to build upon. So. Um, I'm in favor of, of seeing, you know, what that turns into for 2018. And so I'm glad they got their sixth win and that we're not in total chaos mode. Yeah. And I, I feel like we've talked before, you've given credit to Gruden for dealing with, you know, difficult adver- you know, I don't know if adversity is the right word. That yeah, it is adversity. I think, but, but, I think but yeah, locker room trouble. So yeah, this, this would seem like getting a team to play when there's not really anything to play for would seem like another example of that. Um, uh, okay, and, and they did, and they, and they, to me, they looked, um, you know, I, I think they looked pretty well coached today. They did not, they, they, they made some mistakes, um, but they, they looked fired up. They looked, um, you know, properly motivated and incentivized. And again, you can debate the extent to which a head coach is responsible for that. I mean, there, there are professionals as individuals, but they, they came out ready to play at home, and you know, they took care of business. I gathered from the first two times that we tried to do this podcast that you weren't all that impressed with uh, Cousins' performance today. But if you look at it just on paper, uh, I think it was 18 of 24 uh, – that may not be exactly right – 18 of 26, I think, 189 yards, two touchdowns, and no interceptions. So if that's that's your bad game, that's not a very bad, bad game, what did you not like about his performance? I guess that's fair. I mean, his completion percentage was fine, and he didn't yeah. make any um, horrible no game, game losing mistakes. I agree, no cusbones. I didn't see every snap, but that's that's true. No cusbones. He did not. Uh, he didn't really make plays today, and gotcha. there were a couple of sort of bizarre um, throws that that uh, just could could have resulted in quite a bit more. I think, but uh, you know, he threw two touchdown passes in the first half. He kind of steered the ship. Um, well enough, I guess. I mean, the defense yeah. is responsible for this uh, this win, and and even that is a little bit weird because they were not lights out, but they managed to keep Arizona and a truly pathetic Blaine Gabbert out of the end zone. <laughs> so the defense gets the majority of the credit. The offense didn't do too much, but they you know they didn't ruin it. So I mean, I guess there's that. It, it wasn't a good game for him. It's two two I would say bad games in a row. Uh, if indeed these this last month of the season was still some sort of um, idiotic evaluation period for the Redskins. You'd have to say that, well, they probably did not fall any more deeply in love with him than they already were. I, I, I think we, we discussed last time how stupid that is. But, um, you know, he hasn't been great. It's, it's, it's not ideal circumstances. There are many excuses you could use if you want to try to explain why he hasn't been great. But, you know, he hasn't. Um, that's, that's just the deal. Yeah. Uh, sticking sort of on the, the cousin subject, I noticed not only here where I think uh, in this rendition of the podcast, you've used the adjective pathetic 
to uh, to uh, describe Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> I saw in tweets you maligned him with other terms. Um, <laughs> now, it, it, was I wrong in sensing there may have been a uh, subtle under theme in your uh, maligning of Blaine Gabbert in sort of pointing out, you know, regardless of on the 10-point scale what you think of of cousins is he a six and a half is he a seven or seven and a half and and sometimes people go too far in arguing exactly where he is that there's a difference between a guy that you start that can win in the nfl and a guy that you start that cannot win and that blaine gabbard is on the wrong side of that and you still firmly believe Kirk cousins is good am i am i was i wrong in picking up that what you were laying down there yes you were wrong <laughs> what <laughs> The last time we did this podcast, you told me I was right. How could you mix it up a little bit? Okay, okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's something to that. I would say it it doesn't take um, any sort of Cousins-related agenda to (laughs) be forced – To call Blaine Gabbard bad. Blaine Blaine Gabbard disaster today. Um, You know, we we could uh, re-up our our earlier conversation about whether or not he was the worst uh, starting quarterback in the league this week. I mean, (laughs) just heading into into the week, and I think Probably that he was. He only Rogers did put up three picks today. Right. Yeah. We had a we had a funny we had a really funny exchange earlier that was uh, truly priceless about how um, Aaron Rodgers is worse than Blaine Gabbert. And true, he's not worse, but he had a bad week. Trubisky had three interceptions. Blaine Blaine was okay. So Blaine wasted many 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 opportunities to put this game away, and even an average quarterback probably would have done that and put the but the, the like and, the, and the season right yeah <laughs> in, <laughs> in a, this a textbook example of a mediocre quarterback a <laughs> rod so um yeah i mean I, I think that we'd be having a very different conversation or at least the season would be sort of already viewed in very different terms um if they had been playing uh even your boy mike lennon hey we're not we're not going to bring up glennon <laughs> oh, uh, sorry sorry, sorry. It, no, actually, I do want to bring him up. I still, I'm owed. I, you know, I'm continually harassed by uh, um, what are your boys' names, Matt and Terrell uh, and Matram on the Mister Irrelevant podcast. Yeah, but I think it's more fun to continue to tease. My, um, they can go back and listen to the comparison first of all, um, <laughs> but second of all, I think it's more fun to talk about how I will eventually get to explaining what I was going with all that. I look forward um, to that. It, the, the the less that Mike Glennon plays. Uh, the better my point. <laughs> the, the less ridiculous it seems. No, the better my point is made. If, like yes, we exactly. just don't, you know, um, the guy got like five starts on two crappy teams. He still might be good. My, you know, we don't know. Sure, um, we'll we'll revisit at some point. He's better. He's probably better than Blaine Gabbert. Uh, okay, <laughs> exactly. Random question uh, that I didn't even ask you on the first podcast. This will be brand new. If how many years has Gruden been the coach? This is his fourth year. If four years ago when they hired him, if I told you that the Redskins were hiring Bruce Arians, would you have been excited then? Mm, he was a pretty hot name, and and yeah, I was. I probably would have been into that. I'm always curious what people. Th- I I like him it's overall. Funny, though, how, Obviously, you know, he's done these, some good things. Yeah, but, I mean, his yeah. reputations rise and fall so rapidly. I mean, he was he was like a coach of the year candidate a couple of years ago, and then now they're just yep. sort of you know middling. That was just a a random aside. Um, defensively. I mean, you know, you only give up 15 points. That's good. Five What's... field goals. That's a weird one. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's very good. That's, and that's... Uh, Arizona completely dominated, especially in the first half in time of possession, to the tune of like 24 to six minutes or something. Was uh, did the defense look like um, 
you know, they, they had stepped up since last week or the couple, past couple of weeks where it looked like maybe guys were bagging. I know Josh Norman had been the, the um, had had the spotlight on him. Of maybe he got burned sometimes, or maybe that was actually a coverage thing. Did, did you see anything different from him? Or what? what's your status on Josh Norman right now? Excited that he's a Redskin for the future or getting a yeah, little annoyed yeah, how I mean, much I, money he's making? He is an interesting discussion. I mean, it, it, these last few weeks he has not been good, and I think I think it was last week he gave up um, – yeah, I mean, I guess if you follow, talk about you follow PFF's uh, numbers, that it was the first time in his career he was personally responsible for over 100 yards. I, you know, I, I think he's he's certainly not um, been on the top of his game, and I think today he was okay. He again did not really make any huge game changing plays, and I think he did have one pretty significant pass interference called against him, but he was okay. The defense in general was good. I mean, they um, they they allowed um, Arizona to possess the ball and run. 80 some plays which is kind of ridiculous but yeah. um it was pretty pretty classic bend but don't break i mean they did not ultimately break at all and and that that was just enough so the guys that jumped out were uh kendall fuller had another awesome game to add on to his awesome second season and then, i love me a fuller god and, i love having a fuller then, on my uh, team yeah he's he just is like a is turning into a true pro and, yeah i and, didn't even i didn't even think this fuller would be as good as some of the other other fullers and yeah. you know yeah he he's looked, probably bound to have one or two just transcendent seasons and then overall just be good solid for which i will absolutely take yeah for for him as a third round pick but he uh he's he it'll be interesting to see what they do with him he's been uh primarily a slot corner and i think he's good enough to play along the boundary and i also think that bashad breland is probably going to be moving on because he's going to price himself out so will they move him outside or will they like um try to get Dunbar or the rookie Moreau to play outside next year and keeps Fuller in the slot. He's been so good there, and it's basically a starting position in the modern NFL, so I think they should probably keep him there. But the other guy on defense that I really liked was um, Anthony Lanier, the second-year former undrafted uh, free agent, um, and he, he was a beast today. He was just all over the place. Uh, a couple of pa- uh, batted passes. He was harassing the quarterback. Um, really like to see that, and I hope he has a prominent role next year. And then uh, Preston Smith, who's been kind of a no-show for like the last two months, had a big game too. He had an interception and a fumble recovery in the first half, so it was good to see. Um, was there anything – I saw uh, Dan Steinberg was out there offering like free candy bar in exchange for ticket and like taking pictures of people in other jerseys and stuff like that. Was there – did is that overall just like going for for stuff that'll get clicks and look good, or, <laughs> or do you feel like there's like true disinterest and apathy towards the team? Yeah, I mean it was. Uh, I mean, is that sort of any NFL way. team after you're out of the playoffs in December, or is it like, man, this is you know really is bad? Because there some, there was some bad. talk about like the TV rating last week got kind of got like dangerously low didn't yeah, it? i think it was steinberg's article in fact that um that pointed out that they were the third most watched game in the mark in the local market which is uh that's that's not typical <laughs> at all a third but third behind like an nba game no third behind oh behind and other Cowboys football last week um, gotcha i mean i think it's it, it it it's it's getting bad or you know it certainly um was on the cusp of getting very bad in terms of this apathy or indifference i mean you've got yeah, I mean, they're out of it, so that, that certainly is going to happen, uh, of course, naturally to any team once they've That's what I mean. In. I just feel like but it's like that. No, it's much worse here than it's elsewhere. Really, I mean, it's, it's, okay. it's the 25th season in a row since they've they've um, last won 11 or more games. I mean, it's just thing after thing after thing. It's been every coach, every GM, everything under Dan Snyder. Futility um, uh, interrupted by very brief stretches of, of fraudulent success. So... 
uh, yeah, I mean, everybody is just exceedingly fed up, and we've been saying that for a long time. So if – and that, that's really what I uh, was, was thinking and saying leading into this game is that, um, you know, for, in terms of the playoff picture, this game had very low um, relevance and basically none. But in terms of, like, um, the, the near future or the next couple of seasons for the Redskins, I, I still believe, even in retrospect, this game was huge. I think that if it had gone differently and they had gotten embarrassed at home and, yep. and for the third straight time, I think that it would be more than just talk radio fodder. I mean, I really think Dan Slatter would, would be at or near the end of his rope with the current situation, and, and um, it, would have, it would have really set everything on a totally different path. As we sit at 6-8 and eight right now, I mean, yep. it was not an impressive win by any means, but I think it kind of takes the edge off. And, Definitely. And I think that it's, at this point, pretty much regardless of what happens in the next two games, it, it, it now seems very, I mean, not that I would reach the point where I thought that it was likely Gruden was going to be replaced, but now it seems like a pretty big stretch. I think that, um, you know, showing just enough, at least in this one was probably enough to chill, um, to, to, to chill the beast and, uh, and, and get him his, at least his fifth season. Got you. Uh, final question, I think, unless I think of another question, I reserve the right to ask you. But um, you know me, sometimes I'll make comparisons to the Carolina Panthers uh, only because I'm sitting here in North Carolina. It's the team I'm most familiar with, so it's easy to, to make those types of things. But I think in this case, it's especially – Nice win today for those Panthers. Um, well, uh, I believe you must be talking about on the field because my question is mm, this. Yes. With the, with the newfound knowledge that Panthers owner Jerry Richardson is uh, – um, going to be probably the sports. We already heard those NFL Network reports of some guys, but Richardson is going to be like the Weinstein of, uh, yep. of the sports world. Everybody was saying, man, how long till this hits the sports world? And again, we saw some other Marshall Falk and some NFL Network guys, but this is going to be the like splash, boom, yep. now it's yep. the sports world type one. So with the knowledge that, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, I think this happened in between the times that I did. we podcasted. Yes. Yep. Yep. Uh, Richardson is going to sell the team at the end of the year. I mean, I think he basically got with some advisors. Because he, he's older, but he's not he's not loony. So I think he probably how how was he how, how has he generally been perceived by Panthers fans? Good. He's always a savior because he brought the Panthers to Carolina. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. and I think he said I think, in his statement something along the lines of, "There's been no greater or more important um, mission no, in my entire life than bringing." No, it, it really was. I mean, he's a, he's he's a football player. The dude played NFL football. I mean, how cool right. is that to have to have to you know? He took his NFL bonus check from like the championship game where he caught a pass from. Uh, um, not Roger Staubach, somebody else like famous, you know, and then he went and bought a Hardy's franchise and then owned 30 Hardy's franchise and then made his money. And, and then it became his like life goal to bring a franchise here. Yeah. But that's sort and that's sort of the theme Pretty brutal of, for this to end in uh, disgrace. It is. But I mean, that's sort of the theme of the article though is, you know, and, and we have this question a lot with a lot of people of like, how do you separate the two? But like he has done a lot of good. And so people kind of look the other way on the, you know, asking girls to t- do a twirl in their jeans. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, you got. I don't know if you've read it yet, but you need to go read the article. No, I didn't see those. There's, those specifics. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and talk about all the great things he's done when there's so clearly so many wrong ones. But there is kind of that. The reason he had a lot of leeway is because you know, uh, you know, he brought football to the Carolinas, and for the most part, he seems like a stand-up guy. There's a lot of players. Like I don't know if you know. Again, now we're making it more about the Panthers, but the GM switch. This year that was very yeah, odd, right? You know, um, was mostly about Richardson kind of be like, you know what? I know that you're probably making better GM moves to to not overplay older guys, but 
I'm kind of loyal to my, my, right. my dudes, and I'm you know like, like they're almost like the Steelers, like maybe a little bit too loyal, but their overall concept is we'll be excellent and eschew. You know, maybe we're not going to cut any. We're not. We're not going to be Belichick and just squeeze everything. Cold, we can to win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But okay, that now we've gone way too much into Panthers' corner. No, but I mean, point, I, I actually I think that's I think that's relevant. It's relevant for the NFL. There's some overlap among our listeners, and on top of that, it's just the idea of what a fa- what an owner means to a team is extremely relevant for the Redskins. But even beyond that, ours. beyond that, well, that's what I'm getting to. My question is knowing. That you know, I think it's four former employees that 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 Richardson has settled with, and mostly we're on record for that article. Then there's a whole other like racial element in there too. But knowing that, how are Washington reporters, Redskins fans, you yourself as the leader of Burgundy Blog, now not focusing all <laughs> of your energies to find a harassed former oh, Redskins man. employee? Good I mean, point. How, this is dangerous you, territory we're wading into here. But. Jerry Richardson is like. After Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft, he might be the number three most important right. owner most, because of that. Because of that, most play esteemed, NFL yeah, right. And like, if the owner, I guarantee you, he called two or three owners, and they and they were like, "We love you, but like, we've talked to our lawyers, and like, we we can't back you on this one, right. dude." And like, if Jerry Richardson could be forced out in like forty eight hours after something surfacing. I, there's got to be something that one of you guys could find about Dan Snyder. Oh, especially for down. such a giant asshole. I mean, there Please must go be... get him. Oh, tr- trust me. The answer to your question is very simple. Yes, we're all praying that some dirt will come up on him. But, you know, and, and, and you know, it's, that, that, may, that may be um, relevant soon. We touched briefly on it last week. But the thing with the, the McLuhan grievance being, uh, I think it's yeah. starting tomorrow. This uh, whatever you call it, deposition, or I don't even understand the vocabulary. But, um I, I think what I'm still sort of unsure about is the extent to which any of this is going to be made public, and and I hope most of it will. But I, I think that these proceedings might be like sealed or private or something. Anyway, yeah, that's we, we that's have, no good, and that's yeah. not the buzz issue that's taking down careers right now. Okay, yeah, you need to find you're, you're some, right. something a little bit better than that. That uh, again, I'm I'm not trying to make light of the of the issues of totally the that not. We are has done. not. We are absolutely uh, not. But my point is, don't, but, don't yeah, if, I would if take something anything like that to, to bring, bring him down, down. Jerry Richardson, please, Lord, let there be something Absolutely. That, that would bring down Dan Snyder. So. Uh, anything else from you? You want to comment specifically about the game or the uh, the, the next? I have two, two interesting things from the game, and I, I'm Ooh. not positive that you that you were um, immediately aware of either. But um, you know, we, we, I, I have been, and many others have been complaining in general about the NFL this season that refs are not making any calls. They're swallowing their whistle and waiting for replay to, to make yep. anything. We've discussed it many times on there, here. There was a key play in, in today's game to the, to, in as much as any play in this game could have been considered key that uh, uh, Blaine Gabbert had, uh, had a pass, uh, well, basically got sacked um, or fumbled um, or, 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 or wobbled an incompletion, and it was blown dead immediately as an incomplete pass, but it was extremely borderline. And in fact, uh, I, I would think, say a neutral observer, this happened in the second quarter, I think, the, you know, probably to, to me in slow-mo on replay, I think it looked like it probably was a fumble. But they, um, I was just shocked that they definitively called the thing, you know, whistled it dead immediately on the field when it basically would have been, if it had been a fumble, it would have been returned for six by the Redskins. And instead it turned into, I think, a, one of their five field goals for, for Arizona. So it was just like, what the heck? We've been watching a season of, of officials scared to blow 
anything dead. And then they did, you know, they, they really, I think, screwed the Redskins out of, you know, a score on, on that play. We're too uh, long into this podcast for me to lay out. And I may have done it already, and I don't think I've done it this year. But I've got a whole new plan for, like, what the future of officiating looks like with um, – <laughs> With with more more refs looking at more screens all the time during the game, and the guys on the field right. becoming basically uh, you know ushers, and the guys making calls being the ones on the screen. But I think we can do it. But again, I'll save you the long winded version. Of we'll that. double back yeah. on that. And then was that, what was the other thing from this game? Well, there was just a really bizarre. It was the it was the first kickoff, Arizona's kickoff to start the second half. Um, was was sort of like this weird, not a pooch kick, but it. It plunked at like the fifteen, and Niles right. Paul was was you know the 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 returner, and he he elected to let it fall, and it immediately bounced way backwards, and was quickly recovered by the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it I've was s- like I never you never see a kickoff bounce immediately backwards ten yards. Um, did you? I, I feel like the Patriots uh, do this now more, where they've determined. That you know they're better off kicking within the the five than, than yeah. just giving the other yeah. team a oh, kickoff. Oh, and the Redskins do that frequently. Yeah, I mean, and this is different from this. But do you think it's anything where they looked on film and said they've got a gap in their return? Like they've got I think that's too possible. many guys in the back yeah, line. Yeah, I don't, we, I don't got, think yeah. it was just freakish luck. But even if that, even if they had had that to get the bounce, they had had that in mind. Yeah, the bounce was <laughs> just. I mean, the, the Redskins looked completely idiotic. It just – it was like – it was almost like they forfeited possession. I do think more and more we see – you know, once a Sunday, it almost seems like you'll see the, you know, surprise onside kick. Um, aside from that, I think now more and more teams do just think, look, you know, regardless, if, if we know that we're giving them their ball on their half of the field anyway, it's worth a risk every right. now and then of just shaking it up just because so many times you walk out there, expect them to kick it through the end zone, and then all of a sudden if – you know, the tight end who never has returned to kick all year has to catch one at the 30-yard line or a right. front-line guy has to field an onside kick that he's not ready for. Teams have just calculated, you know, it's, it's worth it every couple games. And yeah. then even double that if we thought we saw something on film that we like matches up against the way we run it. Yeah, so, I think it's totally possible. Totally possible. But, but, and and uh, Buda and, Baker and, recovered it. It was a great play. It was just the weirdest thing. I'd say, and they plan for, you know – it once every twenty times we'll get it'll actually bounce back in our direction, so that 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 always helps. Yep. Um. All right. Well, that was. Hey, look, it was a win. I'm not going to talk about. It was a know, win, but I'll tell you what. In terms of uh, uh, its impact on the on the intrigue for the final two regular season games. I mean, at this point, uh, with 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 what I said about Gruden probably having you know um, protected himself at this point. I mean, the you know games. 15 and 16 of this season are just could not possibly mean giants any less and right now. What's the other one? Uh, it's Denver next week who also yeah. sucks. It stinks to not, not only are the Redskins not playing for the playoffs, they can't even like play spoiler. Like they can't even like get no, up. Neither and, like, of their know. opponents. I mean, it just, it, it, I can't even think of a way in which it matters. If they and it was like that this it was like game. that this week too to have three games that are totally meaningless for you and totally meaningless for the opponent. You're basically, just hoping for no. It's essentially preseason. You're hoping for no injuries. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be boring and mundane. Yep. We'll be hoping that on you that are note, one. Of, 
we're hoping that you're one of the more than 50,000 people that have now listened to it on our favorite recording hey. app, Bumpers. <laughs> um, and that number doesn't even include iTunes or all the other ways you can listen to it. That's, that's just this season, season three of the Burgundy yeah, Blogcast. Yeah, just this, this season. And we're going to keep it going no matter what happens in week 16 or 17, as long as uh, you know the technology works, which can be a question sometimes. Because we are that pathetic. For Brent... This is Hayes. We put a tourniquet on uh, the Redskins season. Let's see if we can pull it, put it to a full, I don't know, what would come after a tourniquet? Stitches? Like a full band-aid? Something? We'll see what happens next week. And we'll talk about it here on Burgundy Broadcast. See ya. Thanks for listening to Burgundy Blogcast, the official podcast of Burgundy Blog. Burgundy Blog! On the Redskins for the truth. Please tweet me at Burgundy Blog. Tweet, tweet.